Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here at the studios of Relate365.com. Really, we're on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And I'm with Alicia, who was a Nicolay Bible Institute student and then spent the summer here as a part of our summer staff. So, Alicia, should uh, other students consider the Nicolay Bible Institute? Absolutely. I loved my year here. Um, I've learned so much, not only in classes, but all the opportunities uh, Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute present to serve others and learn lots of new skills that you haven't been able to try before. Yeah, you know, I so enjoy the students that come up here and how God uh, grows them. I have a theory that community, which is important, comes from service together. It doesn't come from having coffee. It comes from service. Now, you may have coffee with those who you love and are in a community with, but it actually comes from serving, and I think that's biblical. Jesus said he came not to sit, but to serve and to seek. Those are things that are actions. And I've always appreciated that about you, Alicia. While you've been here, even this summer, you were always looking for ways to grow. You were, you were uh, learning to split wood. You came <laughs> over to my house. You learned how to use a chainsaw. Uh, all the different things in life that you want to learn. And th- I think that's so healthy for you to be able to do that. You may not be an expert at any of them, but it certainly will round your life out and give you experiences that are incredible. So you came to us from Indiana, and you've been here for uh, one year as a student, and then you went back to Indiana, and you came this last summer on our staff to work with our program team, and I'm so delighted you had uh, have done that. And, and anyone listening that's in your age bracket, you're out of high school, you can consider Nicolay Bible Institute, you can look on silverbirchranch.org website and consider coming up and being a part of our staff in the summer, and uh, we encourage you to do so. And uh, am I accurate in saying it? There'll be better people if they do that? Absolutely. Yeah. And you uh, even made some good friends up here. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know why? Why is that? Because you serve together. Very true. And when you serve together, you become lifelong friends. That's really the way it is. Mm -hmm. So really, anybody out there that is struggling right now, you're lonely, you have no friends, go find somebody and serve with them. And when you serve you will automatically develop community. And if you don't, if you just go and want to chill with people and just sit and do nothing, you do not develop community. I'm sorry, you may call it that, but that's not what it is. In fact, the church should be a a, a service industry kind of thing. We're out there serving people. We take care of the orphans, take care of the widows. We go and, and, and help those who are needy in any way. And we keep organizing ourselves to go serve. And when we do that, the church becomes a community. And I think that's very important. So Nicolay Bible Institute, Silver Ranch, summer staff that you were part of, uh, all those different things you become a community with. And I know because at the end of summer, you went up and visited one of your good friends from Nicolay Bible Institute. Mm-hmm. And you probably now are lifelong friends with her. But uh, did you know her before, Nicolay Bible Institute? I did not. Nope. Met so, her here at camp. And, and you guys have become best friends, and it's fun to watch. And again, it's because of that. So those of you that are lonely listening right now, it's not unusual to have those periods in your life where you're lonely. But what you need to do is get busy serving our king. And while you serve, other people will serve side by side with you. And there's your community right there. And that's important. Uh, in fact, I often tell that story about Linda and I. Linda's my wife and how um, she came up here to camp when I was in college and she would serve and I would serve. And really, that's what drew us together. 
it wasn't that we were sitting there staring at each other in a coffee shop. It was, you know what? She's got these goals in life, and she does this, and I have these goals, and we're serving together. And before you know it, it was like so natural that we just spend the rest of our life together because we do that together. Uh, don't base your life on, on just sitting and, and doing entertaining things. You need to go out and serve. And when you do that, you'll find that I'm telling you the truth uh, as you do that. And Alicia, you're, you're part of that. I mean, you demonstrate that you know, this summer again. And we're going to miss you when you go back to Indiana. But I do know that your relationships, your relationships up here with staff, uh, with other summer staffers, with your former MBI students, that, that will always go on. It will always be important. Uh, I know my wife considers you a dear friend and, and enjoys you. So it's that alone. It's service. I mean, you serve in a place together, and, and that automatically happens. Uh, if you were with us the last podcast, you know that we're talking about Alicia's love of reading, and we have two different perspectives here. She's young. I'm older. She loves to read. <laughs> I read because I must, and I do read a lot, but I do read because I must. So nobody should ever come to me and say, I just am not a good reader. I don't like reading. Okay, I, me neither, and I still read a lot. So you can still choose to read, uh, and you should, I think. Uh, however, we've been talking about Alicia's love for reading, how it's enhanced her life, how she's able to um, get into other people's worlds and perspectives, and even we talked about some favorite authors she had. So go back to the other podcast at Relate365.com and, and download that, and you'll be able to pick up where we left, where we were before, and we'll go on from there. I wanted to ask you about some book series. Like, have you ever read the Harry Potter series? I personally have not. I know a bunch of people who have. Okay. Now, you you haven't read it. You love books. Can you tell me why you haven't read it? Um, I suppose with the Harry Potter series in particular, I just haven't been interested in that genre and uh, that topic specifically that the books, the all the magic and stuff has never interested me a ton. Um, but I do think um, you do have to be careful in what types of books. Now, you mentioned earlier that I love reading a bunch of topics, and so it's interesting what people like to choose to read. But I do think there is a level of caution you do have to have in picking what types of material you're going to consume. Okay, it's, it's kind of like movies then. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, your brain doesn't have a delete button. And if you read something and you picture it in your mind and it's evil, you're not going to get rid of that. It's going to be there. So you need to guard your heart, you need to guard your mind, and be careful what you put into it. Uh, I, I know there's been uh, somewhat of a debate from those who love God, and some say I would never read a Harry Potter book. Others say, oh, you really need to read it. And I don't know where I stand on it because I haven't read them, and I really don't know what they're about even. And, again, a guy who doesn't read for fun, it, it doesn't actually appeal to me in the first place. I also, true confessions, I also will not read one on Star Wars. <laughs> I, I won't read one on all that kind of stuff. I'm just, it doesn't intrigue me. And, and so if I have zero interest in it in the first place, I'm probably not the best to go to ask my opinion about it because I have zero. It's kind of like you coming and ask me about my opinion on knitting. You know, I really don't have an opinion. Why? I have no interest in knitting. Now you might say, oh, so you think it's just for lit No, I didn't say that. I just don't have any interest in it. I also don't have any interest in uh, like baseball. I'm just not into it. 
So don't ask me my opinion on it because I don't know. That's why I was asking about Harry Potter. <laughs> You're a reader. And I thought, okay, either you avoided it because you think it's dangerous. Do you think it's dangerous? Um, again, I haven't read the book specific, specific, uh, specifically, okay. but I've heard from, as you just mentioned, there's that big debate going on. So I've read a bit what people are saying about it, but I'm not interested in the topic of the magical world so much. So I just haven't picked it up. There are other books that are called Christian, and some people have read and said, oh, these are very, very valuable, like The Shack, which I really don't recommend. <laughs> and um, I, I've read uh, a good synopsis of it, but I don't want to read the whole thing. And I just don't like it when they portray God incorrectly. God portrays himself. If somebody, I, so, I was talking to somebody, and they said this. They said, well, finally I understand the love of God because I read The Shack. And I think, why don't you read the Bible? <laughs> I mean, the Bible is what tells us about the love of God. You don't need another book to explain it better. You need to read the Bible and know what the Bible says. And if you're really trying to find another book that says it better, I think you're going to open the door to some problem. Do you think I'm off base here on that? Mm -mm. No, I would agree. Uh, if you're searching for the answer to who God is and about his character and his love, why not go to the Bible to find that than a yeah. human author? Absolutely. And anything else should just be on the side. And I, I'm not condemning people necessarily. I'm just saying don't use it for a Bible study. Don't you? I, I, I think that's not what that should be done. Uh, Satan works. And I know a bunch of emails. You're calling that book satanic. I, I'm just telling you how Satan works. He works through deception. He gets really close to the truth and he spins it because he knows you wouldn't want to reject something that's really close. So you, if you're going to find out about God, you want to know about God's love, you want to know about his forgiveness, please read the Bible. Anything else you could just consider a story, and, and that's fine. But And God can use anything. He's, he's used a donkey to speak for him. So, I mean, he can do that. But I encourage you to go to the Bible. What about series like uh, uh, C.S. Lewis, the Narnia series? Have you read that? I've read a few of his books, okay. um, a few in that series, yes. Yeah, what do you think of him? Um, I've enjoyed the allegories that he's used, and I do see some like biblical parallels, which I've enjoyed. Um, interestingly, I'm not sure if I have the answer to this, but I've heard people, again, with the Harry Potter debate, say, okay, they both have magic in it. What's the difference between these two books? I'm not sure of the answer to that. But Well, I, yeah, I, think, I think that one of them, though, the magic is really um, miracles. I mean, if you want to read the Bible, it has magic in it, too, by that definition, where God walks on water, Jesus mm -hmm. walks on water, and that kind of thing. So it really would depend on how you're looking. And you know, Part of the problem that should fascinate you, Alicia, because you love books, is I think what, what the evil one does is constantly try and redefine words so that you're not really sure what you're talking about. So if somebody said, well, there's magic in the Bible, I would say, what are you talking about exactly? Well, Jesus walked on water, people came back. Okay, that, that we wouldn't define as magic. So all of a sudden, you don't know what the other person's actually saying because they're using words that don't fit what your brain is putting in. that makes sense? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to lay out the vocabulary to know what they're doing. Um, so I would disagree with somebody who says both have magic. I would say, well, one, magic, if you look in the Bible, it's usually condemned, sorcerers that kind of thing, and it's condemned because it's not of God. What Narnia is, is really an allegory about something of God. So it is, a, it is an imagination, but it is not 
necessarily magic. And and you can have magic just like the Bible has uh, witches in it and, and, and people who see, I mean, Moses' time, the, the other wise people were able to do the same things Moses did for a while. And that's magic because it was mm-hmm. of Satan. So when it's of Satan, it's really magic. When it's not, when it's a miracle, that's, that's different because God's doing something like splitting the Red Sea or, or doing something like that. So that would be my answer, and it might be a lame answer to somebody. I have no idea. <laughs> but, but I think there's a fine line there with the definition that you probably have to embrace. Um, other books that uh, people that are fascinating. Um, have you read The Holy War by John Bunyan? Mm-hmm. I've gotten about halfway through that one. Okay, and and Pilgrim's Progress by mm-hmm. I've read that one. Yes. Now, now those are. What would you consider those? Those are what what category? Uh, those would be in fiction. Okay. Or realm. Um, I'm not sure if they're classified under something else because again, it's not. Uh, it has a lot of parallels and lessons from it. So perhaps. I don't know if you would classify that as a fable, but yeah. more along those lines, I would say. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. I've read The Holy War several times. It's a long book. It's, um, it's a story. But I think it parallels the scripture so well in what happens in life. There's a battle that goes on between us and Satan. And I think that Bunyan captured it in his story. So I love that book in that sense. And again, I'm reading it because I learned something from it. And I think other people can learn something from it. And I know a pastor, uh, you know, Charles Swindoll, I believe it was, but don't hold me to it. He said he reads that every year. He reads the Bible more than once a year, and he reads that every year. Because just to remind him that there's a, a really, there's a battle that's going on. And I think you can see that in uh, the Narnia series as well. I think you see the battle. So I think there's some authors who went and said, you know what, let's open up our imagination for a minute. And try and imagine what this battle must be like, the real battle out there between God and Satan and what it's really all about. Um, I would encourage you not to use the Holy War or the Narnia series as Bible, but as somebody's imagination to try and figure out, here's what it looks like, possibly. Uh, kind of like when I speak, I try and do that with my words. Uh, if I'm speaking about Job, for instance, all right, I'm saying, okay, Job, one day, rich guy, all this kind of stuff. Satan's roaming the earth. Okay, we know that part. So what was going on everywhere else? That's my question. Were the angels watching all this? When Job was making his decisions, were they on the edge of their angelic seats waiting for him to make a decision? It seems to me that when you read the story of Job, that there seems to be a heavenly host watching what's going on. So I, you know, I might write something to that, but always put a precursor on it. That's not in the Bible, but I'm thinking, and, and I get that from context. So I go into Hebrews chapter 12, where it says there's a host, a heavenly host watching the people in 11. And I'm looking at it going, okay, so I'm not, I, I mean, there's context for believing that somehow the angels and those who went before us, the faithful ones, can somehow watch and cheer and interact with what we're doing down here. So the rest of that is my imagination. I mean, honestly, how is it really, what does that mean? What does it look like? I don't think, since God doesn't say, I don't ever want to say, here's how it is. But I think what I'm doing is the same thing books do, is I'm starting to open up 
a perspective and imagination, trying to figure out, well, how does that work? And I think C.S. Lewis with Narnia does that. I think uh, the Holy War does that. I think Pilgrim's Progress, Pilgrim's Progress to me is, is sometimes corny. You know, the names and the stuff he came up with, it's very profound. But I found it corny at times, you know. And, and at the same point, I got a lot out of it. It just, okay, that's that's nice. That name is interesting. Um, but I think it's got a good point in that, that Bunyan, who wrote that, by the way, in prison, uh, was trying to make a point. Here's how it is. Uh, so anyway, are there other books like that, a series like that, that are kind of in that category? Do you know of off the top of your head? Hmm. Well, not off the top of my head. I've actually gotten a lot of those recommendations from being here and talking to you. I've read both of those books because I've talked to you about them. Okay. So. Did you enjoy them? I did. It was, um, you definitely have to think about what you're reading. It's not one you just sit down there and breeze through because there is a lot of depth to them. But I did enjoy it. Okay. Have you ever read, uh, are there any of the classics that are your favorite? Uh, I don't even know what that would mean. Uh, the, what are classics? Mm-hmm. Um, classics. That's a very good question because I've always wondered what, uh, the, who gets to decide what curriculum we use in schools and we always have to read quote unquote classics, but who determines that? That's a very good question. Okay. Not sure on that answer. Um, but there's a C.S. Lewis book, the the Screw Tape Letters, and I enjoyed that one very much. Oh, I, I have too. That's my f- probably my favorite classic. I would say. Okay, well, I've read that and I've listened to it. They have mm-hmm. it audio too, mm-hmm. so I, I think both are worth are worthy. I mean, read it and then listen to it and then read it again. Uh, I think excellent. But again, mind frames are different. It's funny. You enjoyed it. I read it because I learned something, so I wanted to listen to it because mm-hmm. I learned something, and uh, that's important for us to be able to understand. Uh, wh- when you go through that category, though, like. Have you ever read, like, Dante's Inferno? I've not read that one yet. Okay, well, I had to in college. I would never read it again. Um, I remember some really silly parts of it. Uh, I don't remember everything about it. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. But, you know, it did open my mind to things. But, again, it was an assignment I had to do for college. So I had to do it and remember it and get tested on it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Have you ever read, like, Huckleberry Finn or, Mm -hmm. or have you? Yes, I have. Those are the classics, I think, more of mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Tom Sawyer. Uh, would you recommend those to people, or are they hard to read? Oh, no, I enjoyed reading those a lot. I enjoyed the characters, and I think it's uh, just a fun story about a boy who's trying to figure out life and causing shenanigans and figuring out life. Okay. It's a fun book. Tr- uh, true Confessions, I've never read it. I never even desired to. <laughs> And as I talk about it, I go, you know, can I learn something from it if I read it? Or is it just fun? I always think no matter what category you're reading, whether that's something like sci-fi or maybe more classical literature, um, that there's always something to be learned from that. All right. Rebuke taken. Yes. Uh, I know. I'm sitting here going, I only read if I can learn something. And you're thinking, Dave, really? (laughs) You can learn something all the time. And I'm thinking, okay, fine. I'll take that rebuke and I'll take it to the bank and think about it for a while. And and you're absolutely right. I mean, you wouldn't know that I forced myself to read if you came to my house because there's books everywhere, and there's books all over my Kindle app that I that I read or listen to. So, uh, but I still have this mind frame. I'm not going to do it for fun. Maybe I should have a goal that I read something for fun <laughs> somewhere. Uh, maybe you have to help me there because I don't know what I would read for fun because. I, I haven't. <laughs> so I need something that would capture me 
Otherwise, I'm not going to read it. That would be a fun challenge. Well, you know, you know what kind of book I actually, I, the books I like are books I have a hard time putting down. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that's the book. It, for example, I have a, when I grew up at our church, one of my Sunday school teachers, one of my youth leaders, uh, was somebody who fought in Vietnam. And he has a, a very interesting story. He was frontline Vietnam. I mean, front battles, friends died. And we used to sit, and I used to ask him stories, tell me stories uh, in comparing to the Bible and the warfare that we had. Well, he just wrote a book on it full of, I couldn't put it down. Yeah, you know, I hmm. read it from beginning to end. And again, it's a couple of things. You know the person, you've heard the stories, you, you wanted to see how he portrayed them. He put pictures in it. And plus, you learn a tremendous amount about it, uh, about life, because listening to them. And, and those are the kind of books I like. I think, you know, it's a big book, and I finished it, and, uh, and it was, I believe, it was during summer even. So you know how busy our summers are? Mm-hmm. I still finished it in two days. Every time I had a chance, I picked it back up, and I kept reading it and finished it, and I just passed it off to a friend of mine. So it's one of those things where, okay, I'll read that. Again, though, I was really trying to read it for what he learned. <laughs> I wasn't. You know, if it would say, hey, he's just talking about his time in Paris and the Ferris wheel he was on, I'd say, I'm not interested. You know, so you have to find a book for me and try and get me interested in something that I might read for fun. And it, and don't try Louis L'Amour. I've already, they've already pushed that one at me. <laughs> so try another one. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, like you brought up reading for fun. And I was thinking of about science fiction because that's such a out there genre that especially people would be like well what's the point in reading that it's completely made up more futuristic and let's just go with that genre as an example of how i believe you can learn from any book you read okay. um that one's just for pure entertainment but i think things that i've learned from those books i'm not the biggest fan of that genre myself but i've challenged myself to read a few in those Um, I think they bring to light kind of the struggle on where the line of morality is, which is very interesting, whether that's through uh, the villains that are in the book and maybe the superpowers that they have. You think about, oh, well, what would this look like in real life? Um, The lines are maybe not as black and white. I still believe there's a black and white truth. But when I say maybe the lines aren't as black and white, I think it's developed my understanding of people, like say the villain, um, we would look at their actions and condemn that 100%, but that's helped me think about, well, why did they do that? Um, You get into their mind, and so whether it's something like sci-fi that's just for pure entertainment, I think you can learn a lot from that um, if you're willing and you're looking for that. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's fascinating to be able to think, okay, different worlds, I grew up not wanting to read, playing outside all the time, still force myself to read. You just love reading. How much, if somebody isn't a reader in general, and they're using all kinds of excuses in the book, which is exactly what they are, because you can have a reason to do anything if you want. Um, What kind of goal do you think is reasonable for somebody to say, okay, every day I should dedicate this much time? Do you think they should do it by how many pages or Mm -hmm. sit down and say, we're going to read an hour Mm -hmm. or... What, what, what would you recommend on that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that can be very flexible be te- be te- depending on who the person is. Um, so some people, 
pages would be a great goal to set because they can see the progress that they're making. I'm not always watching the clock. Okay, I can read, you know, 25, 30 pages of this book. But other people, maybe a time frame is better. They just have to squeeze um, their time in. Um, reading before bed, I think, is great. Not only does it kind of slow you down, relax you a bit, um, there's actually some studies out there saying uh, that you do remember what you've read right before bed and then you've gone to sleep and wake up and you can process that. So I'd say, like, you know, set a goal of 30 pages. Let's sit down and read that before bed or 20 minutes I'm going to read. And that's a great goal. And I think that's easily attainable for most people. You know, and I think if you have a family, maybe you should set a family goal, Mm -hmm. you know, and do it all at the same time. I remember I was visiting a friend of mine and this friend, everybody in his family, I think, uh, was very smart. Now, that's my opinion. I, you know, I mean, and, and I went to visit him. In fact, his mom and dad were actually partners with my aunt and uncle, and they translated the Bible into a language in Mexico, in Mexico somewhere. And so they, they were very smart, and they did a lot of research. And, and then uh, my buddy, who I went and visited, he also was very smart, went into Wycliffe eventually and, and helped translate Bibles in Africa. And so, but when I was at their home, they were in Texas at the time, I was visiting. Uh, it was we ate we ate supper, and then after supper, you know, the parents and him said, "Okay, it's time to read." And they spent the next, the whole evening, the next in absolute silence, reading books. <laughs> the whole family, everyone did. And I thought, that's interesting. Now again, I didn't come from a non-reading family, but to have the whole activity for the evening, we're just going to all sit here and read was very interesting. And then once again, I had to ask myself the question, is this what they do, uh, those people who are able to have the understanding that they have? They're able to translate Bibles, they're able to, these people are educated people who you wanna be around. This is the cost. They spend time reading. And then when you do spend time talking to them, you're talking to somebody who actually has some intellect behind them. So I appreciated that in a very wonderful way. And again, it challenged me. It wasn't that I wasn't reading. I was. I even had books with me so I could just join them, and I did. But the bottom line really was I'm seeing that the speakers I really like, they read. The people that I admire that that are smart in my book, that really are doing something with their life, they read. People who seem to be going somewhere in life read. So I think that anyone listening to us needs to be somebody who says, I need to at least read a minimal amount, turn the media off for a while, get into quiet and read. And I need to find books that I enjoy. I need to have recommendations maybe and that kind of thing. And you should have somebody in your life who can recommend things to you. Final word from you, Alicia, before we head out of here. You have anything to say to those listening? Yes, um, two great resources for those who like to read, maybe not sure how to get into that or how to find books they want to read. Uh, Goodreads, my absolute favorite resource online. 
kind of operates like Pinterest a bit. You can save books you want to read, read others' reviews of that, and just learn, oh, is this a book I want to read or not? Goodreads.com, okay. one of my favorite resources. And also, for those of you who don't have a lot of time, uh, Thinker, that's an app where... I have, I have uh, that. Yeah, you have that one, yes, so you I know do. about that, Dave. Yeah. Uh, those are my two favorite resources that I use. Very good. Well, thank you, Alicia. Mm-hmm. It's been good talking with you. You're listening to Younger, Older, coming to you from... The studios of Relate365.com here on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute, which is really a division of Silver Birch Ranch. Please go check those websites out. Talk to you later.